Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That, a podcast where we watch films that I, Eric, missed growing up. I'm joined as always by Chris. Hey everybody. And um, and it's been a while. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think uh, like end of November, beginning of December. Yeah, and we, we did say it was going to drag out, but we didn't mean for it to drag out this long. But um, I mean, you know, it, it was the holiday season, you know, Christmas, New Year's, everyone was kind of busy and... You know, heading yeah. back to work and you busy with studying things as well. So. Yeah, well, study wrapped up and I started working properly again. Oh. And um, anyway, all of a sudden life's much busier than it used to be when yeah. I was at uni <laughs> or uni and work. So um, apologies to everybody. Thank you to those who reached out and requested that we get back on air. <laughs> yeah, pol- yeah, it was nice. Like, no, yeah. the requests that we got weren't, uh, like, you know, aggressive. <laughs> like, no, where's they, the next episode? They were dance? quite loving. Like, and, we, yeah. and we appreciate it. Yeah. We just do this for fun. So it's nice to know that people actually listen to it for fun. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, everyone, <laughs> that, yeah, reached out. Um, so we're back. We are. And we've got a Cameron Crowe film. We do. We've got our first um, designated drama <laughs> Yeah. Um, for this season, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking about it today. It is, de- yeah, it's drum. drama, dramedy. Dramedy, yeah. yeah. So we've got uh, Jerry Maguire. My name is Jerry Maguire. I'm a sports agent. You could say I'm at the top of my game, but something just isn't right. Can you sign my card? Sorry, little fella. I can't sign this brand of card. Only Pro Jam Blue Dot cards. And lately, it's getting worse. Came here to let you go. Pardon me? I came here to fire you, Jerry. I'm not going to do what you all think I'm going to do, which is just flip out. Who's coming with me? Who is coming with me? I will go with you. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. We're going to be okay because I am going to take my one client and we are going to go all the way. It's also our first Tom Cruise for the season. It is. Yes, it's our token Cruise. Yeah, he's been the, like, consistent for every season, Mm -hmm. so... He just sort of almost had to be for, in a way. Yeah. Um, And this one... 94? 96. 96, was it that late? Uh, Like, kind of uh, October, November 96, and then here in Australia we got it early 97. Yeah, okay. So that's why just the whole show me the money thing is just like tattooed into my brain because I was like 10, 11. Oh, not just that, but there's actually, when I was doing the research and prepping all the trivia stuff, there's... um, <laughs> there are two lines from this film that are considered like in you know the AFI have like a thing oh, yeah. of the best movie quotes ever. Two from this movie or even another one is there. Okay, well. yeah. So it's it's like ingrained in culture and it's an interesting one. Yeah, I I think he's a player agent or something, isn't he? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like I've got the DVD sitting in front yeah. of us and it is I think one of the worst movie posters of all time. It's just like smiling. It looks like he's signing a check at the bank. And he's got just like what it's that poster of Tom Cruise looking down, sm- doing that Tom Cruise smile yeah. in a kind of weird. You don't know if it's a dress shirt or like halo-y glow behind him. Yeah, and you don't know if he's wearing a tie or if that's a centipede on his shoulder. Yeah, so this <laughs> this was this isn't just the DVD cover. Like this was the movie this is, poster. Yeah, this is the cinema poster. Yeah, but instead of blue, it was red. Oh, cool! That would be real different. I know it makes it really pop. <laughs> I wonder why it started to soften it. I know, right? And I think it might have said, like, a film by Cameron Crowe. Because yeah. he he kind of had a little bit of sway at this point. Like, um, yeah. this was his, this is his third film as a director. So what were his early couple that bumped him up to this so level of sway? he broke onto the scene. Um, obviously, uh, we all know later, like, the one that I know for sure you've seen is Almost Famous. Yeah. Which is autobiographical of 
him. He was a young teenager who kind uh, of yeah. weaseled his way into working for Rolling Stone. Yep. And so he was a music journalist, and then his first movie script, which is based off a book that he wrote, yep. uh, is called Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Was he Fast Times? He, See, I have seen that. So he yep. famously like went undercover, posing as a teenager in high school, and wrote about Seriously? teenage life, and that became Fast Times. What an intriguing dude. I know, right? He did that when he was like 19, because he kind of missed out on that high school experience, because yeah. he was like... Off with Rolling Stone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a, he's a really good writer. Say what yep. you will as him as a director. Yep. He's a very good writer. Or was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then after that, he'd um, yeah written a few other little films. But then uh, the big one for me is like Say Anything in, I think, 86, 87 mm-hmm. with John Cusack. Famously, Boombox Above the Head. Of course, yeah. Um, then in 92, he did a movie called Singles. No. So that clearer singles. Singles, <laughs> not sinkholes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that kind of is like a weird indie, semi pretentious early 90s slackery movie. Yeah, okay. Where yep. you're like, we got Pearl Jam on the set. Like one of those. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of didn't do well. And so then he took a big break and yep. worked for years on this one with James L. Brooks as producer. Uh, okay. So. And how many times would you have seen, did you see this? Back in 97, do you reckon? I did, I did. Because uh, it was just one of those big kind of cut-through movies. It was huge. Like, it was yeah. big at the block. Like, mums loved it, dads loved it. Just It just, yeah, across the board. So it was yeah. one that, like, the whole family kind of saw when it first came out. Yeah. Um, since then, I've probably seen it maybe 10 times, I'd say. 10 yeah. 12. Okay, so it's enjoyable enough that you've rewatched it. Yeah, like, I own times. the DVD. It's one, like, it's one of those films where, late, like, nowadays, it kind of, like, gets put through the ringer a little bit and kind of has made a joke of yeah but i kind of like it it's it's not bad okay because yeah like that was my sort of thought heading here um i'm like uh be kind of good to do a more fun movie but Mm. at the same time like i know that it's popular for a number of reasons yeah Um, and we put in the list because of you know tom cruise cultural significance around that time anyway just pure size of the film well um, in- interestingly in the research I saw that he this is his third hundred million dollar grossing film in a row Tom Cruise and that had never happened to an actor before wow this okay. is like him coming off of Interview with the Vampire the first Mission Impossible then yeah. this and it's just, just bam 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 like he's yeah. on a roll of superstardom get him into everything yeah yeah but randomly like yeah he kind of sought this one out and wanted to do it but we'll get into that later but yeah. cool okay. um, i'm wondering do you know anything about it no like i said i for some reason i feel like he's a player agenty kind of thing because mm-hmm. i've seen the scene the show me the money scene where yeah. he's on the phone to the other dude cuba that's it's cuba is <laughs> it's it cuba. there we go so this is how long ago i was yeah um yeah back when he was a star yeah back when he was a big thing um uh, yeah, so I can see that, and and for some reason it struck me that Cuba was some baseball or basketball player or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it was it seemed like he was his manager agent kind of role, but that that's about all I got. So you're thinking it's like just kind of a drama about the world of sports agency, possibly, or yeah, yeah, <laughs> I got no idea. <laughs> all um, right, that, that's, yeah, that's that's where I'm sitting at the moment. Yeah, but you've said dramedy, so now I'm intrigued. Well, that's kind of like that's kind of what I classify almost famous. Like it's a drama, but it's got some light, funny stuff yeah. in there. Like it's. It, I would put this in the drama section at yeah, a video the, store the, kind of the thing. The lighter drama. If those existed still. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, that's where you would put it in your video store. Exactly. <laughs> and hope someone came to borrow it. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah. let's go find out what it's about. Let's do it. 
debating like maybe I do go with that one as like the transition music just because it is so <laughs> it is like particularly theme. for Australians it's yeah I know. It's either that or Secret Garden. I think if, if we end up talking about horses, which we probably will, then you could probably drop it then. Yeah. <laughs> Secret Garden's the nice transition. It's, yeah. it's the easy flow. But, um, yeah, so that was Jerry Maguire. Yeah, it was. That was, um, I enjoyed that. Yeah. It was a weird little film, though. Well, it's, not a little film. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a bit long, like most Cameron Crowe things. He suffers yeah. from <laughs> not editing too much. No. Um, but, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one where it's... It is. It, it reminds me of... I was having a lot of chats with people, obviously, because it's, you know, we're in the new year, everyone's talking mm. about the last year's films and things, and it's it's like that type of film that you don't often get these days, which is like a middle-of-the-road, like middle-budget... Yeah. ...just film for adults. Yeah. It reminded me of, like, an indie film. Yeah. But, like, with an A-grade cast. Or yeah, Tom, and... Tom Cruise and, I guess, Cuba at the time. And that, that went on to make $100 million, where... I mean, I guess you needed that cast if you're going to make it about the NFL. Mm, and it's, you know, coming off of, like, competent kind of, you know, directors and, you know, mm. writer-director, and then produced by James L. Brooks, who's, like, Oscar-winning yeah. filmmaker and, like, yeah. you know, developed The Simpsons, Taxi, Laverne Show, like, all of that stuff, like... And yeah. the DOP was... Um, Janusz Kaminski, who yeah. is um, Spielberg's now go-to DOP since um, Schindler's List, so... Yep. Yeah. So had a pretty good crew behind it. All, yeah. all up, like... Well, I think it was a thing where, um, because singles flopped, or it didn't flop, he just wasn't that happy with it, I guess, or how it was received. Yeah. Uh, he was like, I just want to work on something small, kind of scaled back. And so yeah. he worked on the script for three and a half years uh, with him and James L. Brooks' producer, and because he's yeah. an insane writer, um, kind of working very close together. Yep. And um, something like 30 drafts of the script over like three and a half years. And Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm, and then like in that time, there were people attached that ended up having to drop out. And yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah so it's, I'll get, I'll get into yeah, all of that with yeah. the ultimate casting later, but it, it is one of those films where you're like, all right, you, you clearly cared a lot making this one. Sounds so, like it. It's, mm. it ultimately, the, the story and what happens is quite simple. Yeah. Like, it's not a huge, epic, twisting, turning kind of tale. It's it's about relationships, and it's about relationships. Yeah, and I guess, <laughs> um, like, one man's personal growth and being okay with that, I Yeah, guess? just rediscovering, or really, truly discovering that his um, manifest. I began writing what they call a mission statement. Not a memo, a mission statement. You know, a suggestion for the future of our company. That that was truly how, what he believed in. Yeah. Um... He wrote it and then sort of regretted it, but by the end, he's like, no, I believe in that. I actually did, you know, care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was so, that anywhere near what you thought this film was going to end up being about? Uh, I mean, I got player agent, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, I got, yeah. No, it didn't surprise me where it went. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, not like, yeah, it, it's a... Uh, I don't think yeah. I was expecting Wolf of Wall Street style, like he's, he was at the top of his game, though, or, you know. And he's, like, indie, he's like a look inside that world kind of. Yeah, it kind of, I, I guess I didn't expect it maybe to plummet out of that world within almost the opening credits. Yeah, and um, then shift into like romantic drama almost. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's the interesting thing about it. It starts so quick. Oh my even gosh, that, yeah. like the credits, like the, you know, TriStar tri logo's down, and then it just all of a sudden is like. So this is the world, and there are almost six billion people on it. Voiceover starts. Yeah. Like, 
instantly. Instantly. Like grabs your attention. And then by the time the credits have stopped coming up on the screen, he has written his mission statement, yep. delivered it to everyone in his office. Yep. And you know he's going to get fired. Yes. Like they have set up the entire... You, you, you don't muck around. like Yeah. You... Oh, and they've established that he's disillusioned. and like, Yeah, very quickly. They've essentially done a whole movie's worth of character development. <laughs> in the opening. It's ironic because then he takes he, Cameron Crowe kind of fumbles around with some of the pacing throughout the rest of the film. Um, so I, I'm guessing one of the reasons it had so many rewrites is he was trying to get that part, which is the crux of the film, right? Yeah. Um, and he, like, he like, yeah, had that simple base idea and he's like, I know how we get there, but once we get there, what are we doing? Yeah, how exactly <laughs> do we do this efficiently and effectively? Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's interesting because essentially... He's a hotshot player agent for a big firm. He gets disillusioned. He writes his mission statement about how they should care more and have less clients and make less money. Yeah. They fire him because he doesn't match the values of the company. Yeah. And then um, Renee Zellweger has fallen in love with him for some reason, or his values. She yeah. loved his mission statement and everything she believed he stood for. Well, I think in this age, optimism like that is revolutionary. So she follows him when he asks uh, him and the goldfish. Yep, yep, him and... Uh... Flipper, I think he calls Something like it. Yeah. That. But um it's yeah, and then it is just, you know, them eventually like essentially having a relationship is like, does she love his ideals or and will he become the man that create stands by those ideals? Yep. Or like she wants him to be the man that wrote that mission statement and yep. he's not sure if he is, is that man. Yep. And that's essentially what we get for two and a quarter hours. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> um, and then in between you get Cuba's, um, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s... Saying you know a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get him and his wife's relationship. Yeah. Um, the incredible Regina King, which I'll get a mm-hmm. lot to say about her later. But um, kind of just before we get like too mm-hmm. deep into it, that the whole opening, I think, is weirdly the strongest part of the film and I think it is because it is so fast-paced kinetic and it is so assured it's, like well, it's, it's well told yeah it, it's that's what you mean yeah. like it, it's he knew what the setup of his world was yeah and he nails it so quickly and it's that thing of we open on like that there's like that one scene where Tom Cruise is on the phone talking to a client Yes. I will not rest until I have you holding a Coke, wearing your own shoe, playing a Sega game, featuring you while singing your own song in a new commercial starring you, broadcast during the Super Bowl in a game that you are winning, and I will not sleep until that happens. And you just, and he's just like fast-paced, and you're like, I, w- I almost want to watch, like Tom Cruise could just play this character. Yes. This is like normally the Tom Cruise character this around I, this time. I would expect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then my favorite part of this whole film is that what breaks him is him being cynical to a kid. Yes. I love that scene and that little detail that yeah. it's just a kid like flipping him off. Yeah. Because he's a... He makes light of his dad's fourth concussion. Well, he just is condescending to yeah. a kid who's just like, yeah. No, this is my father. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's such a wonderful, interesting... Oh, yeah, that would kind of break you. Yeah, if a kid did that in that sort of situation, you'd make you'd think twice, surely, no matter yeah. who you were. And it's not even... And, like, him, the kid's, like, you know, swearing at him. It's not, like, a little kid, like, playful off. It is, like, a... Oh, yeah. Biting. I mean, and I guess it's following up from that other child getting his signature on the card rejected as well. You have... But that's, like, the perfect lead-up to it. It is. You have, like, the the setup of like him being detached and hating the world that he's living in. Mm. And then like, it's just non, it's just jerky consequences. And then yeah. when you're faced with 
like weirdly Toby Huss. I love he's a wonderful little character actor. Yeah. But yeah, it is just like okay, let's like see what happens with my cynicism in a real world scenario that actually matters. And then it's it's schmaltzy, but Cameron Crowe then the third act ends with him in that same scenario again. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I mean it. But caring. He, he cares and he knows yeah. the people. He truly knows the people um, involved rather than they're not hey, just a I'm number in his Rolodex. Along with everybody else, yeah. Yeah. For younger listeners, a Rolodex used to be a thing that housed phone numbers. <laughs> yeah, like spun. It was kind of fun to play with your, your dad's Rolodex yeah. that he had on his desk. I, I did enjoy like all the 90s-ness of this, like him having a Rolodex. I saw a Filofax and... Uh, <laughs> he had a giant fax machine on his kitchen bench. Yeah, I was like, that's not the place to put that. Or when, yeah. you're, when you're popular, it is. Yeah, and the, the wonderful <laughs> scene where you can't tell if it's your beeper or your phone that's going off. Oh, classic. Ah, yeah. uh, the 90s. So much technology. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, shoulder pads and everything. Oh, yeah. It, it is like peak 90s, this film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah peak peak high living in the 90s. Mm. But um, Renee Zellweger, I, I do also like her character introduction. I think it's... Oh, on the plane, yeah. Yeah, it's a little on the nose, but it's she plays it so well mm. and kind of sweet, and you establish instantly that her kid, Ray, is her life, and that's... Yes. And, you know, that she actually like cares about the mission statement and stuff, like... Yeah, know. it means something to her. Um, she has great hearing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On the plane. Because <laughs> he's not even sitting in the back... She overhears him talking to some other woman in first class. Oh, she's producing, like, the Pepsi commercials for the Super Bowl or something. Yeah, and he's like, telling a yeah. schmaltzy story. Um, she managed to overhear, like, four rows in front of her and then through to first class and then past a couple of rows of first class. Yeah. Um, and While while she's clearly... It sounds like she's sitting next to the wing of the Next engine. to the engine. <laughs> it's, like, in the overhead compartment. Which was something I had <laughs> never picked up on this film before. It's a nice little wonderful yeah, sound yeah. design where when it's, it, it's intercutting between um, Jerry up in the front, uh, first class and Dorothy and Ray in, third, in coach. And it, when it's first class, it's, like, dead quiet. Yeah. And then you cut back and it's that... <laughs> like, and the recycle there. <laughs> like, I'm like, that... All right. Well yeah. done, whoever thought of that. <laughs> yeah, it was just nicely done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. It was a great introduction to her. And then um, a good little introduction to Ray's, obviously, a just little sweet, soft kid. And then you met him again on the baggage carousel as a, just a little, fun, sweet, soft kid. Yeah, and he... It's kind of harsh to say, but Ray is... He's essentially window dressing as a character. He's there as a... Not a, he's a device essentially. He is, yeah. Like he's not really. He's there to say weird things. Yeah, and, <laughs> and be cute and be like that symbol for Jerry of like he he likes kids. Yeah, or that and, kid at least. And um, it's like it kind of represents what he wants, but is kind of not. He likes the innocence. Yeah. I mean, and the kids are what triggered his disillusionment in the first place. Mm. Um, so it sort of matches with all of that, and his little uh, Tom Cruise does a great job playing along with Ray, like when they have their, when Tom Cruise, Jerry's drunk on the couch. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, Ray answers his phone um, and things like that. Like their mm. little, their little interactions are fun and then really heartfelt and touching. Apparently that was totally improvised because it looked like Tom yeah. Cruise was genuinely laughing. Yeah. Because Cameron Crowe saw that like they had good chemistry together. Mm. He was like, I'm not writing the scene. 
just chat, guys. Yeah. And because, you know, little kids... Are going to say whatever they want. Yeah, and Tom Cruise is like, all right, I'm going to just go... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my charms here yeah. and just do it. And, yeah, it works really well. Yeah, that was perfect. And, mm. yeah, that, and obviously, yeah, they had good chemistry and it showed through. Mm. Um, and then... Um, and then it cruises um, Jerry's relationship with everybody is good. Mm. Like with um, with Rod, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. Yes. That was just perfect. Yeah. Like very different characters, but like Rod was a very loyal person. He wanted his money, but at the same time, you know, he was quite a loyal guy. Yeah. And his wife was pushy and demanding, but deep down very caring. Oh, yeah. Um, like, for every, clearly for Rod, but yes, yeah. ultimately for Jerry as well. Mm, no, that's it. I, I love... I think Regina King is the MVP of this film, and she mm. kind of... Everyone kind of forgets about her. Um, she's kind of had a real big moment lately, because obviously she won an Academy Award last year yeah. for If Bill Street Could Talk, and she's like one of the leads in the Watchmen series now that's apparently really good. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah, yeah I, I'm yet to watch, but no. I'm, I'm, I'm very hesitant. No, but, no, it's hard to know what to do there. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> but yeah, she she's one of those amazingly solid character actresses yeah. that has been around for 30 years. Yeah. Like, I first saw her in, like, um, randomly also with Cuba in um, Boys in the Hood. I was about to ask, was it Boys in the Hood? Yeah, back yeah, in really? 1990. Yeah. Yep. She, um, I think she... If I'm correct, is like um, no, she's not. I was gonna say she's Ice Cube's sister, but she's not. She's just like one of the their friends. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So she has been doing stuff for a long time. Long, long time. Yeah. But yeah, she was always. She's just so good in this film. It's yeah. so memorable because like, she was strong and um and had character, but. It, really restrained at the same time she initially starts like that first scene with her when she is confronting jerry in his office you're yeah. like oh she's gonna be the nagging wife yeah. character that kind of stereotype but then she is that but then you understand why she's that now i don't know what you do for your four percent but this man my husband has a whole plan an image and when you put him in a waterbed warehouse commercial excuse me you're making him common when you know we deserve the big four shoe car Clothing line, soft drink. I know about the four jewels of the celebrity endorsement dollar. But yeah, you get enough kind of storytelling and character arc there that you're like, oh, she's yeah. I get where everyone's coming from in yeah. this film, and essentially. Because then, then when you get Rod on the phone asking Jerry to jump the money, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> damn it! I thought we'd maybe get through the whole episode yeah. without. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, when he's going, Cuba's doing that whole rant in the kitchen. She's just laughing in the background. Yeah. Um, just loving what her husband's getting up to. Yeah, just like playing <laughs> the fool kind of, yeah, yeah, for the fun of it, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so their chemistry together is, um, as an on-screen couple is great mm. as well. So, like, yeah, all the couples um, and also oh, someone you could easily leave out, um, Dorothy's sister. Um, yeah, Bonnie Hunt, who is an mm. incredible actress. I've always really dug her. Yeah. Like, most people our age probably know her as the mum in Beethoven. She was great yeah. in this, yeah. And once again, their chemistry was good, but her character was once again unique, mm-hmm. but believable. Yes, yeah. Um, like, strong, but also let people take their own path. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, well, this is your decision to make. Yeah, and it's just like her... It's There's a lot of dialogue in this film that it, it gets kind of cringy. Like yeah, the, there's a, one or two lines that, that definitely feel like Cameron Crowe, like you said when we were watching it, high-fived himself when he wrote the line. What's wrong, Mom? First class is what's wrong, honey. Used to be a better meal, now it's a better life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But <laughs> Bonnie Hunt 
um, as the sister has a bunch of great little ones. Like when mm. they're sitting out on when Rene Zoe, when Dorothy kind of figures out like, oh, he like, you know, this isn't going to work. And she's sitting out on the porch with her. Mm. Yeah. Can we talk about something else? I don't think so. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? It's a nice, that's some good, realistic, nice kind of punchy, witty dialogue that yeah. kind of works for this character. And it's just short and abrupt, still not uncaring. Yeah, like, but it's just, you've established that's who she is as a character. Yeah. And, and like, of course, like her cheer, the cheer she gives Tom Cruise at the wedding, like in the kitchen. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Renee Zellweger, let, let's talk about her yeah. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's incredible. She's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying, you sometimes forget how good she is. Yeah. And she wins awards for a reason. Yeah. And this, this was the film that made her yeah. huge. Um, cause before this, it's maybe her 10th role. Like before this, like the biggest thing she'd really done, um, she's in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, I want to say. <laughs> Randomly also with Matthew McConaughey. Seriously? <laughs> yep. Wow. It's like... Texas Chainsaw, like, the next chapter or something. The next chapter. <laughs> See, the opportunity missed. I know, right? <laughs> um, but the year before this, in 95, was Empire Records. Oh, of course she was in that, yeah. Yeah, yeah but again, that's not... Not a big movie. No, it's no, a cult it, movie. Huge cult film, yeah. but again, you don't... You don't make $100 million for that film. No, and the flashy parts in that are, like, uh, Rory Cochran and stuff. Yeah. It's like the stoner. Yes. Oh, and, like, oh, Ethan Embry and stuff. And even like... Liv Tyler doing a sexy dance. Yes. So, that's it. <laughs> do you think more of um, uh, Rex Manning than you do oh, with yeah, Rex Manning? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she, um, yeah, this was her real big kind of star-making role, and yeah, showing that she could go up on the serious stage, yeah, and yeah. Um, beyond like little small indie, yep, stuff, and then go yeah. up with Tom Cruise in a Cameron Crowe, James L. Brooks, yeah. yeah. Apparently, like she, it was a long audition process and things, yeah. and she kind of thought she had blown it, and wasn't going to get it, but yeah, they he just offered her the role, and yeah, <laughs> so. well, yeah, and she hasn't really stopped since. I mean, my. I think the first film I ever saw her in was Me, Myself, and Irene. Yeah. And that's not too... That's like three years later than this? so. About it's 99, like, 2000 Yeah, something like that. Um, but to me, my always go-to is Cold Mountain. I've actually never seen Cold oh, Mountain. It's, it's, all, all I know is that famous quote about the rain. Every piece of this is man's bullshit. They call this war a cloud over the land, but they made the weather, and then they stand in the rain and say, shit, it's raining! <laughs> yeah, which is like, that's the Oscar clip right yeah, there. Yeah, the Oscar clip every time. Yeah, um, but, but that movie's... I, I am an unabashed huge fan of that one. Yeah, I, I feel particularly now after seeing once again how good she was in this, I'm like, oh, I should probably watch that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's but it's an interesting role that... Um, I, we got about halfway through and I started getting kind of irked by it. Not by her performance or the character, but I, I just was seeing that being like, is is Cameron Crowe bad at writing women? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it just, that like... We didn't, like you said, we didn't really truly understand her motivations for liking mm, Tom Cruise. But I think that, like, that could be a massive cop-out to just kind of say that because, again, the film is literally called Jerry Maguire. And most scenes... <laughs> were with him in it. Yes. So there weren't there were only a couple with her individually independently mm. talking to her sister. Yeah. Um so it wasn't like we're getting multiple points of view. No. We're mostly getting Jerry's with a little bit of her. Yeah. So I guess But I, I yeah, I just started to get a little bit 
It felt like something was missing in a way. Yes, yeah. when the romance develops, it kind of seems... Happens quickly. Yeah, and I was saying, like, you need, like, one or two scenes from her perspective because at this point now, introducing her, like, what she's doing, her character arc, like, leaving her job with, mm. like, the sick kid, like, it's... She's invested in this story now, so we as an audience should be invested in her. Yeah. Let's get some and, of her perspective here. I think... Here. It, it surfaced later in the film when yes. she decided to that they needed to separate. Mm. Because, yeah, at the same time, I'm like, I don't truly believe in this relationship. I can see a lot of it. Um, but then I guess maybe based on the fact that, that she decided to separate, it was meant to be hinting that everything was just rushed and, and just kind built of- on ideals rather than truths or... or and maybe disgust feelings. And that all comes out brilliantly in that backyard scene where she monologues the hell out of it and just mm. nails it. Yeah. On the surface, everything looks fine. I've got this great guy. And he loves my kid. And he sure does like me a lot. Yeah, well delivered and quite... Yeah, sad. Yeah, <laughs> but like that bittersweet, like yeah, yeah. You're you're justified for doing like yeah, yeah. It's almost at that point you're like, oh, is this gonna be one of those like movies that kind of has the balls to just I know leave it leave yeah, it like leave that. it realist. Mm-hmm. I was like, wondering that. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's, it's James L. Brooks producing. Like maybe, maybe. yeah, like yeah. The, the the bringing back together spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> um, everyone knows this already. Um, the spoilers, I mean, um, was still very believable and, and suited with every theme of the film. Yeah, and it's and it is a, a very schmaltzy, but like earned. Like they, they do, he does the work to get yeah, to that and, point. And it, because you realize, I mean, Jerry's whole thing really was he missed things in his life that were genuine. I guess. Yeah. Genuine and true and really heartfelt. Mm. And when you see Rod like you know, thanking him after his big game and stuff like that. But you see Rod um, uh, immediately. Call, immediately calling his wife yeah. and things like that and um, and just being so happy and having been on the phone to his wife. Yeah, It's making – it's the realisation of that's what I – I want someone to share things with yeah. and I have somebody to share things with. But it's so old. I just need to tell her. Yeah, but it's, it's that – I want to say, like, yes, 100%, but then it's like, but the film is established with he can't be alone. And mm. you're like, mm. Yeah, like, I know, there's still some... Yeah, it's, it's still some dicey, like, uh, where are we coming? But, but it's yeah. fine. It's like, yeah. like, you kind of forget all about that by that point, and you get that wonderful little scene with him coming in, which is forever ruined for me because of Borat. Hello? Hello? I'm looking for my wife! Watching this scene, I was st- like trying so hard not to burst out laughing. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to rewatch that scene now. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Chris here, jumping in while editing this episode. Uh, I accidentally said Borat when I meant to say Bruno. My apologies. Now back to the episode. The other thing that kind of blew my mind. So you were saying how the "Show me the money." Oh was, yes. Um, a huge line that came out of this film, and mm-hmm. another one that came out of this film. You had me at hello. And I do not believe you. Yeah, it is. It is literally where that that came from. That has to have happened in cinema before. I don't think so. And it like I, in doing the research, I saw apparently like when she first read the script, when Zoeka didn't get lit, and she thought it was a typo. <laughs> 
She's like, that doesn't make sense. There's a sentence missing. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you have me at hello. That doesn't make, no. like, grammatically make sense. This is, uh, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> that has, that is, like, one of the most used lines. Yeah. It was huge. Like, like that's well, kind of the impact well of Well done, Cameron Crowe. You can high-five yourself for that one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, <laughs> it's kind of... That's what I mean. Like, yeah. there are lines in this film where it's like, that's... A good original... Yeah. Interesting... And, and then you also get stuff like... First class is what's wrong, honey. It used to be a better meal. Now it's a better life. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. That's so, like... That's what I, that's my, the thing that makes this film and it, where it's, you can see why some people would really not like it. Yeah. Be, and some people like, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, because he has those telegraphed schlocky, yeah. bad, like. Just, just a bit cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. Just and a few moments that break the immersion a little bit. Yeah. I know then a lot, a lot people probably couldn't care less I know yes yeah um, but there are just a couple that sort of feel a bit different to the, uh, some of the other lines and they feel inconsistent because they feel like they're trying to be profound yeah and um, it's just hollow and empty yeah. and like uh, I know there was a scene that you were saying like it was borderline laughable to start with the bu- the bathroom scene between Jerry and Rod God, help me help me Rod help me help you Help me help you. Help me help you. Oh, yes. The, yeah. the help me help you scene and yes. Tom Cruise just losing it. Yeah, and then all I could imagine was all of a sudden Tom Cruise transformed into Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. It's like the beating himself up in like, the bathroom scene or something. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but, um... Like I, that's I really like the flow of the dialogue in that scene, and it mm. is that's an instance where it's like it could, it's kind of that borderline of over the top and yeah. kind of, but it, it both of them nail it in yeah. their performances that make it work. It could have been done wrong, but it was yeah, it was it was okay that one. Yeah, yeah, that was mm. an example of getting it really right. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and uh, but I guess like we should probably credit. Cuba for doing a pretty good job. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, how have <laughs> we really spoken about him yet? Yeah, um, so uh, obviously he won. Like this was. I mean, he'd been around for quite a while, actually. Yeah. Um, so had he done much before Boys in the Hood? Uh, where's my phone? I just had his IMDb and stuff open. Just looking at it. Um. So yeah, Boys in the Hood. Oh, I always got to like the like one of his first things that everyone's like he has a weird role. He's one of the kids in the barbershop in Coming to America. Oh, yeah, see, I haven't seen that, that yet. That's, yeah, that's, that's like when he's somewhere, like but, um, 18 or something. Yeah, yeah that's like okay. his, yeah, boy getting haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like Tobey Maguire and whatever he was in. But yeah, Boys in the Hood really, like he'd been in some couple episodes here and there of TV, but Boys in the Hood in 90, and then a film called Gladiator in 92 um, yep. with uh, James from Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> was it a bad film? It's not great. <laughs> uh, and then A Few Good Men with TC. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Judgment Night. Um, oh, I forgot about this one. Lightning Jack. Oh, I thought you were going to say Pearl Harbor. Um, oh, no, we'll get there. Yeah, that's our it's later, yeah. Lightning Jack no, yeah. is a western with Paul Hogan. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is it time travel or something? No, it's just terrible. <laughs> it's just Paul Hogan being like, oh, I want to be a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> well... He had his opportunities. Mm. That's good for him. But uh, right before this was uh, Outbreak. 
Oh yeah, okay. Which which was a huge one for me as a kid. Is that the one with the monkey? Yeah, the, yeah. the monkey and the um the Motaba virus. That's and, right. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, watching that in high school. Yeah, I, that was a huge like randomly it was massive, we, wasn't it? For some reason, we had it on VHS. Like at my family, like that was a big film. Yeah, I remember for <laughs> I some reason it was super popular. I don't know. Maybe there hadn't been many disease films. I guess it's a, you go back and you watch it, and it's a solid cast. You got like Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, Morgan Freeman, Donald That's Sutherland. Right. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Of course, they're going to say I'm being disrespectful, not playing by the rules like I ever played by anyone's rules before. I never did. And you loved it. Anyhow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that was kind of right before this. And then, but then, you know, this obviously, he nails this performance yeah it's just immediately he's got that character and then he doesn't change he just maintains um and he somehow manages to be this energetic um charismatic um arrogant footballer um got some insecurities because he's you know theoretically not the perfect type for his his role in the field but mm. and then he balances it out with like sincere love for his wife and family as priority one it, it's the because his opening scene when we're first introduced to him is the him on the phone talking about money yep mm-hmm. and he is turned up to 11 yeah he's dialed it up straight away and if he was that character the whole way through the film mm. you would want to punch him in the face yeah <laughs> Like, You'd just be like, no, what? No, no. Like, you are yes. the most frustrating human being alive. But he finds a wonderful balance, like you were saying, of being kind, compassionate. Like, yep. Yeah, you see all sides of him. It's and not just. I reckon those couple of really important scenes early was when he was on his own at the airport and in the um, the lobby at the draft night. And he's as soon as Tom Cruise leaves his side, he's just silent and alone. Yeah. And um, he's not flamboyant. He's not walking around like he's king of the castle because mm. he's not. And it's also and it was that thing of he, it's him trying to process as well because Jerry says to him mm. for f- ten minutes there you played the game like you understood the yes what to do to get what you want in the like yeah, if you want this, if you want the money this is you you need to play the game essentially and by being a prima donna. Look, where that's why you're doing mattress commercials and things with a camel. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I was I was just interested because I mean, obviously, he won the Academy Award for this. Um, best supporting, best supporting, yeah. and I was like wondering who he was nominated against, and it was a strong yeah. What year. did we do? Um, with the exception of James Woods from Ghost of Mississippi, who's yeah. <laughs> um, Armin Mühlenstahl for Shine. You know, I've never seen Shine. Oh, okay. I know how an Australian. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's probably going to be Yeah. Uh, William H Macy for Fargo. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And Edward Norton in Primal Fear, his first film. Jeez, yeah, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, right. Stacked. Yeah. <laughs> and because Fargo, um, Francis won Best Actress, didn't she? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah, Fargo beat this for screenplay as well. Jerry Maguire, I think, was nominated, yeah. and then. Didn't, but yeah, yeah. I think that's I. You know how I feel about the Coen Brothers. They're a fifty-fifty for me. But yeah. um, uh, the screenplay of Fargo is fabulous. Yeah. Um, we'll stop <laughs> there. I'm 
There's a different story. <laughs> I, I, I I just don't get some of their films. I I, I almost want to do bonus episodes. Where I know. I just, you can you try I and try and convince Eric on the absolute magic that is. <laughs> totally. Funnily enough, like my favorites, Burn After Reading, and people hated that one. I love Burn yeah, After Reading. Like, yeah. They have not made. I even like the Lady Killers <laughs> with like the, that, with yeah. that everyone hates. Like yeah. I don't. There's some good stuff in that, but yeah. Um, yeah, Cuban nails it. Yep. Tom, let's talk about Tom Cruise, actually, his performance, because it is kind of different from what it he's is, ever done. It? Yeah. And apparently it was a real, um, when, Cam, like, his, the actor who was initially he had for the mm. role uh, couldn't who, do it any longer. Who was it? You want to know? Yeah, let's see. All right. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, that's the... Obvious. He was in every film in the yeah. yeah, and it was coming off of his two Oscar wins yeah. back to back. But then he had to drop out because he went to go direct the oh. that thing you do, which he wrote and directed. I did. Yeah, mm. I enjoyed that film. I like that film a lot. Mm. Um, but everyone told Cameron, well, Cameron Crowe was in. I think Tom Cruise. Yeah, could do this, and apparently everyone was like, "No, the, you're not going to get this to him. He's an action star. That like you know yeah. he's the leading man. You will never get him to play a loser." Yeah, and that apparently that's exactly what Tom Cruise wanted because no one ever offered him those parts. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It reminded me a little bit of risky him in Risky Business. I was gonna say the exact. There's the scene when he's drunk at her house and like stumbles yeah. down to get in the cab. Yes, and he's got the jacket and the sunglasses. So, yeah, maybe that was. I was like, is this just the progression of where this character ended up? He started. Yeah, his, he went to business school, became a sports agent. <laughs> we were wondering where he'd end up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man um, yeah but even just um, the vulnerability he showed yeah which in was, was really prevalent obviously in risky business mm. um, at a real like human level not at a oh my co-pilot died level yeah this <laughs> um, this like mid to late 90s I think is the most interesting period of Tom Cruise's mm. career it was when he established himself as a leading man and a movie yeah. star and you know box off like in a post Top Gun, Days of Thunder, yep. like, and then he'd start doing things like The Firm, mm. like a three-hour-long yes. Sydney Pollock film based on John, like you know about yep. espionage with lawyer, like, yep. interesting. And then the supporting role in Interview with the Vampire, yes, and yep. it, and then this, and then um, he disappears for three years because he's off in London doing Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, that's right. That's how long it took, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. They had open-ended contracts because oh, Kubrick. Kubrick, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then post that was like Magnolia and things. Yeah. So it, it was a real... He's done such a vast array of things, hasn't he? He is the one actor, if you go through his uh, filmography and look at the directors he has worked with, mm-hmm. Francis Ford Coppola, Stanley Kubrick, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Brian De Palma, Sidney yeah. Pollock... <laughs> Cameron Crowe, like, Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, the one that's missing is, like, arguably, like, Tarantino, maybe? Yeah, oh, yeah, that'd be intriguing, actually. And I suppose, like, the Coen brothers and some yep. new ones like that, or maybe, like, an angry, like, you know, some interest, but, like, all the major... Scorsese? Yep. Color of Money. Oh, The yeah, sequel yeah. to The Hustler. Yeah. With Paul Newman, yeah. That's what I mean, like, yeah, he's yeah, been... Like, so many directors, because... He is a surprisingly great actor. That oh, no, I that will always defend Tom Cruise. Yeah, people kind of write him off for movie starness, and I kind of see that now because yeah. the last time I saw Tom Cruise take a risk, re- oh, I was going to say Tropic Thunder. 
Yeah. Which was now 12 years ago. Oh, no. But I'll give it to uh, Edge of Tomorrow, actually. Yeah, it's on my list to watch. He, he's doing something different and weird in that. Yeah. Like, and so that, yeah, and I really like that one. But other than that, he's just been playing like Jack Reacher and Mission Impossible 7 yeah, and he's just having fun yeah um, and he's trying yeah. to kill himself <laughs> yeah he's like, how, how far could I run what can mm. I jump out of so it's kind of nice going back to a film like this and seeing him stretch and act essentially yeah yeah. <laughs> like not to say that he's not acting but you know what I mean but it, yeah a different type of acting mm. yeah like um, really uh, deep into the character rather yeah. than into the, the scene and the story mm. and or something He's got that Tom Cruise charm that works really well for Jerry, but like you said, he allows a vulnerability to kind of come through. Yeah. And he kind of goes for it in some scenes, like that bathroom scene where you're like, Yeah. This is different. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, he sort of unleashes in his own little crazy way. Yeah. And um, Tropic Thunder was kind of that. Yes. In its own way. That's just him having, like, yeah, going like, for let's, it. Let's make you up so you almost don't look like yourself and just have a go to town. Apparently, it was his idea to have, like, the bald cap and the muscle suit and everything. No, the fat hands. If you oh, look at his hands, hands, they're like know, three they're disgusting. Times. Yeah. <laughs> apparently that was his idea. The fat hands and the hairy arms. <laughs> and he it was apparently the, his choice of song as well. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, yep. Anyway, that was great. Yeah. Um, all right. But all right, we, we were saying like the there's one major thing I want to discuss with this film, and that's the ending. Oh, I was gonna yep. Oh sorry, no, go, go, go. No, I thought you were gonna say the horses. Oh, okay, yes. Oh, as Australians, <laughs> no, how can we not discuss <laughs> horses? <laughs> uh, no, we'll talk about the ending first. Yeah. Um, the ending. How it is... Essentially, it's it's all revolving... The whole film is around his manuscript and the... I, oh, mm. No, not manuscript. I've ruined it for yeah, you. Yeah, mission statement. Not a memo, a mission statement. Hey, I, I said manifesto, so you've yeah. thrown in another oh, word. God damn it. <laughs> mission statement. Yeah, and it is about him... Breaking the cynicism of yep. the industry he's in and getting it back down to a this personal level. Soulless capitalist industry of... And the big one is... Fewer clients. Less money. And then the big triumph is of the film is him getting the money for his client. Is it, though? I, I did have a think about it after yeah. the film because I thought the same thing. I'm like... Is it less money for the individual agent because you've got less clients? So you focus more on your individual client. You get a better outcome for the couple of individuals rather than spread yourself over 10 or more. So you just rake in. So you rake in the commissions. I did actually rethink that. Mm. So maybe that's it. That's probably, yeah, more Because that makes more sense. (laughs) It does, rather than like... Yeah, because the film literally ends with like, we got the contract, we got the money, cut to wood walking in a park at sunset all happy. Yeah, I know. It was a bit interesting, it, wasn't it's it? It's kind of jarring. and it's it, Probably better, though, than if it cut back to him being in like an office yeah. with a full team of people yeah. and back to where he was. And um, he, they're swinging Ray, like when they first met. Yeah. Like, you know, it's... it's yeah. And Ray's going to be the next... Um, He's going to be the rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to break his arm first. Oh, true. <laughs> Although he does have a weird throwing style to begin with. I oh, know, it's wacky, but it's effective. <laughs> um, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up uh, just talking about how the film has a very kind of anti-cynicism mm. root to it. And uh, there is an amazing comedy bit by Patton Oswalt yeah. uh, talking about how he and his brother got drunk and decided to go to the movies on Christmas and see this. So we go down the street. We see Jerry Maguire's playing. I'm like, I love Cameron Crowe. Matt, let's go see Jerry Maguire. My brother goes, all right. So we go in. 
It's my brother and I, we're sitting together, and then there's eight other people all by themselves. They're alone on Christmas Eve. And maybe they were thinking, I'll go see this Tom Cruise movie. Get a little glimmer of hope, a little beacon of optimism for the new year. Who knows? So we're watching the movie. I kind of liked it. No, I thought it was pretty good. I liked that movie. My brother, unbeknownst to me, hated it. And I mean, he is sitting there grinding his molars, didn't make a peep, just sat there, just piece of shit, just didn't, didn't say anything to the very end of the movie. There's that final scene when Tom Cruise comes running back to Renee Zellweger. Remember that? He gives that whole beautiful speech about, I wanted to be with my wife and I love you and all this thing. And then she goes, you had me and hello. <laughs> and it's really, now, watch the scene again. In the middle of Tom Cruise's speech, there's this sudden dramatic pull into his face and there's tears in his eyes and he says, we live in a cynical world. And that's when my brother went, F you at the top of his Oh my God. Oh my God. What that is such such a it was such a horrible, rude thing to yell. And I was laughing so hard. I I could not get the air in to make the sound of laughter. I was People ask me, what is your favorite comedy of all time? Jerry Maguire, when my brother yells, fuck you at Tom Cruise. It is a 90 minute setup to one punchline. It's just a wonderful little old bit of patterns that I love and yeah. I always think about with this film. It's, so yeah, I, <laughs> so that's their Christmas tradition. I, I guess, so. yeah. <laughs> Go and watch terrible. Go and watch Jerry Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, was there anything else like major you don't think we haven't touched on other than horses? Um, no, I think we've I think we've spoken pretty well mm. about the film. Um, the direction and stuff was clumsy. We've spoken about that at times. Just yeah. some scenes were kind of awkward, but some touches are really nice. Like you said, when he was getting fired and he focused on the glass of water for yeah, a while. Yeah, that is a wonderful little flourish that yeah. is, never happens again. Which he, like you described it, he's. Uh, Bob Sugar. Oh, the wonderful Jay Moore. Yeah, yeah. Um, his his oh, I guess colleague, rival. Yeah. Um, fires him in a restaurant, and then he just cuts to he sort of just stares at this glass of iced water on the table. Yeah, and for it's a, a significant. It's a cutaway for at least five seconds. Yeah. Onto a glass of iced water, and it just is, and that's all it really is. But it just kind of conveys that like frozen realism shock it's sinking in kind mm. of uh, thing and so that's a nice little flourish but yeah, you don't get many of those sorts of moments yeah it's that thing of like when you find yourself in a moment that you're like it becomes kind of hyper real and like that's mm. like one of those oh this is a lasting memory kind yeah. of that's in there the closest one I can think of is Saving Private Rhyme and everything goes slow motion yeah it's something like that's essentially the same it's going same to that kind of kind of but different it's very different yeah but, but, yeah. <laughs> but it is just that it's a wonderful little detail that you're like mm. ah yeah because you do end up focusing on those small details of yeah stuff and um there's never really comes no there's never many other little flourishes I, and things like that there's even even the introduction of the you complete me is random yeah it's very odd it's, it's weirdly delivered like the, and the that, setup for it of my favorite aunt is hearing impaired you're like that's an odd way. Yeah. Okay. And then they get in. So 
um, they're already in the lift. It goes down a level. Those two people get in. It goes down again. Those two people get out. Yeah. How many people take a lift down a few floors in like an office building when they clearly don't work there? Mm. <laughs> it's just weird. Anyway, nitpicking. The but, stairs um, weren't properly labeled. They didn't know where they were going. Yeah, they, they, were, they were just exploring. Um, yeah. So this is kind of clunky storytelling or like um, plot devices. Yeah, I, I do like in terms of like little interesting different flourishes mm. like when he's having his meltdown like there's just it's a very memorable it's just something I think probably burned in my head from as yep. a kid but that shot of him while he's having the nightmare of him in the suit swimming underwater oh I know yeah but it's kind of not fully it's kind of almost superimposed it's, it's not a weird a, one isn't it yeah. yeah it's not a full like 100% it's not it's like 70% opacity or something like it's not yeah it's <laughs> not not fully clear yeah um, it's, I kind of like that and I kind of like the Dickie Fox like intercutting his mentor talk yes it, giving like little it, life lessons it, almost as chapter heading it felt like Wes Anderson-y or something yeah, yeah. Um, before Wes Anderson mm, um, just and apparently uh, that was going to be or Cameron Crowe really tried I'll, I'll find out what I've actually got written for it to get ripped torn oh god could you imagine like <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> um, no, he was. Um, uh, it, it was. He wanted uh, Billy Wilder, the oh. director of Sunset Boulevard, to yeah. indemnity the apartment, um, which is the prosecution, like one of the greatest American filmmakers yeah. ever, because he was Cameron Crowe's idol. Yep. And um, so he's like, this would be very fitting. Yeah. And he apparently like read the script and was like, eh, I don't know. And so. Cameron Crowe and Tom Cruise like went around to meet him. Oh, this was like right before he died. Um, yeah, and yeah, he apparently like turned it down. He still said no, and so. Um, but because of that meeting, uh, Cameron Crowe became friends with Billy Wilder, and then ended yeah. up writing a kind of memoir biography about him. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, that's nice, at least. Mm. And apparently, um, The Apartment, which is yep. my favourite Billy Wilder film, amazing mm-hmm. film, if you... I'm guessing you haven't seen No, I, I almost did, actually, a while back, but... Um, I really love yeah. The Apartment. Um, he, that's one of Cameron Crowe's favourite films, and so he uh, wanted... To, he kind of based the attitudes and the style of Dorothy off of Shirley MacLaine's character from that. Okay, cool. That kind of free-spirited... Yeah. One, like, yeah. Yeah, willing to take a risk that, and... That type of character, I guess. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of based off of her, so... Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, but no, otherwise, yeah, the soundtrack was, like I said, um, it, was, it was funny to hear, as you are saying, as Australians, to hear the song, The Horses. That's the way it's gonna be, little darling. We'll be riding on the horses, yeah. The original by, was it... Ricky Lee, Ricky Lee Jones, Jones. Yeah. and one of the guys from Steely Dan. Yeah, yeah. so uh, in Australia, it's a very popular pub sing-along song. Yes, um, because it's by a man it, called Daryl Braithwaite. Yeah, um, for any non-Australian listeners out there. And we we know it's a cover, but I've never. It's funny because you never hear the original here. Yeah. And it, we could barely find it on Spotify. Like yeah. it's on the soundtrack, but it mustn't be on a, I don't know, maybe it's on an album. Yeah. But um, here it's it's colossal. So it's quite funny just to kind of hear that pop up twice. Mm, it sounds like a cover to us, even though, even because though we're it, so used to hearing it is that. drilled into us. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in an okay way. Mm. Um, but the whole soundtrack, it's very, I mean, obviously Cameron Crowe has an insane 
yeah. music knowledge. Mm. There was a brief, he randomly shows up in an episode of Documentary Now, uh, Bill yeah. Ader and Seth Meyers and Fred Armisen's movie show thing, yep. um, playing himself, and it's in the kind, it's shot in his house, and you see his record collection. Oh, Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, oh, well, he's married to Nancy Wilson from the band Heart. Yes. And she did all the really? instrumental music for the film. Oh, wow. Mm. I did not know that. Yes. So. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, what was the um, Springsteen song? Oh, Secret Garden yeah. by Springsteen. Like, as soon as that kicked in, I'm like, oh, geez, this brings back, this makes me feel like 12 years old again. Yep. Um, it <laughs> and then must you... have been on the radio a lot at the time. Oh, it was as a huge. Result. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge hit because of this film. Mm. Um, and Springsteen, I think, as I was saying while watching it, it's, you know, he never went away, but he kind of had a big resurgence again, like just kind of before this with the Philadelphia soundtrack yep. stuff and, yeah, just kind of. Yeah, it sort of blew up again. Yep. It's like, I'm still here and I'm still great. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he has a new album out that's awesome. Oh, I, I heard he had a new E. It's good. It's really good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, and then you've got Tom Petty with Three Fallen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm free. Free falling. Now, I, I do love that. That's. Again, a weird little... We were kind of ragging on Cameron Crowe for not having good direction, but that scene where it's... In the car. He's excited, he's elated, he wants to sing along, but he's struggling to find something. Yeah, this... It's a weird... Crowe does do those... You're right. He does do those little um, comedy drama touches pretty well. Yeah. He actually does those quite well. It's a nice Uh, little And in this film, that's a really positive thing. I think he nailed those, and he got the timing right between them and things Mm. like that. But it just... This film didn't need to be two and a quarter hours long. No, it's just... It could have been a bit tighter with the with the relationship growing yeah. stuff. Mm. Had too many relationships to balance. Yeah, and there was so much of just him essentially... Like, we've had scenes of you telling Rod to stop acting up. Yeah. <laughs> like, we've had enough of them. But yeah. this one has a camel now. Yeah, now there's a camel. <laughs> <laughs> Rod, get on the camel! You've been on my ass all day. I told you to put the camel low. Shoot me up from the bottom. Just makes me look more powerful. Get him on the camel. I'm going to get him on the camel. You don't need a camel. You got Rod Tillwell. Yeah, I don't, unless you got anything else, we... Yeah, no. Um, I'll hear some facts, please. A little bit of factoids. Um, so the film had a budget of $50 million. Uh, yeah, okay. It went on to gross $274 million at the Worldwide Box Office. Pretty decent, yep. Uh, so adjusted for inflation, that's roughly $405 million. So that's less than half of what Star Wars just made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard that today. Made a billion, oh. billion dollars, apparently. Uh, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I still haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no, I know. You, you, saw, you chose to see Cats instead. I did, and I had a wonderful I time. <laughs> Cats is incredible. If you go in... If it's still, knowing you're watching cats. If it's still in your cinema. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, just wait for it to show up at like midnight screens at rep houses oh, and yeah. like Rocky Horror style. It is that. Yeah. It's that film. Yeah, it'll get a good cult following, hopefully. <laughs> um, randomly, despite earning such a massive kind mm. of in, like return on its budget, uh, it was only the eighth highest grossing film of 1996. 96. Titanic was a year later, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it came in behind previous films we've done on this show, uh, Twister. Oh, Which was number yeah. two. Yep. And what was number one again? Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Big year for movies. Uh, it was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, uh, Best Actor, uh, Best Screenplay, Best Editing, and uh, Cuba won Supporting Actor. Yep. Um, randomly, I did, because I was looking at like, what it was up against. Mm. This was an interesting year. 
It was the only film distributed by a major studio to be nominated for Best Picture that year. Really? All the rest were independent films. Really? I'm like, where did it go, 96 Oscars? I reckon. So who, who won? Uh, English Patient. Oh, was that English Patient? Which is a Miramax film. And then you had Fargo, and I want yep. to say, like, Mike Lee's film Secrets and Lies. Like, Yeah, okay. wow, okay. Yeah, it was... Like, okay. <laughs> Very... Yeah, I guess it was a year of blockbusters in terms mm. of box office. Uh, it was nominated for three Golden Globes, uh, Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, mm. uh, Best Supporting Actor, and it won Best Actor for Tom Cruise, Musical wow. or Comedy. Yep. Uh, Cameron Crowe was nominated for a DGA Award and a WGA Award, so Director's Guild and Writer's Guild. Mm-hmm. Cruise and Zellweger were both nominated for Screen Actors Guild Awards, uh, while Cuba won the supporting one. And the National Board of Review named it one of the top ten films of the year and awarded Cruise Best Actor... And Rennie Zellweger for Best Breakthrough Performance. Yeah. So it okay. got, a, it got lot of, a lot of acclaim. Yeah. yeah across the board. Mm. And... Across different... Like, the, the National Board of Review, as well as the, being nominated by the guilds, it's like, okay, that's... Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, not just the Oscars and the... Yep. Mm. Um, I do have some alternate casting. Yeah. If you're interested. What, what have we got? Yeah. Uh, so the parts of Dorothy and Jerry were originally written for Winona Ryder and Tom Hanks. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Winona would have done a good job at that time. Hmm. Um, yeah, because this is coming off of like the. This is probably around the time she did The Crucible with Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. Like coming off of like Dracula and stuff. Yeah. Like, um, Hanks was unable to commit to the project due to his work on that thing you do, as I'd mentioned. Uh, Ryder was able to commit, but when they did a screen test between her and Tom Cruise, they looked like brother and sister, apparently. Yeah, oh, yeah, just bummed everyone out. (laughs) (laughs) They apparently looked too similar, it's like, that's... Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Uh, apparently the next choice, Mm -hmm. um, if Tom Cruise was unavailable, was Edward Burns, who plays Ryben in Saving Private Ryan, to bring it back to that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, that yeah. guy. He, yeah, that who, dude. Who'd become a you know, he's a huge figure in independent cinema. Yeah. Especially at that time, he kind of created, helped this weird little, essentially like a mumblecore type movement before then. Mm-hmm. Um, he'd finished work on his film Brothers McMullen, but he declined because he was moving on to make his next film, She's the One. Uh, he suggested his uh, co-star Connie Britton read for the role of Dorothy, uh, mm-hmm. and she apparently w- almost got the role but lost out to... Renee. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Uh, and apparently Jennifer Connelly and Meg Ryan were also offered the role of Avery, his uh, ex-fiance, that went to Kelly Preston. Yeah, Kelly Preston was pretty wild. Yeah. She uh, was pretty good in a wild kind of way. Yeah. She's an odd one. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's uh, just, it kind of works, though, in the tone of the film. She's just a, like, weirdo psycho. Yeah. and I A lo- rock-climbing saleswoman. Yeah. And then I do love the scene where she's just like... Calls him a loser, and it just is like, oh, this is a trigger, apparently, or something. Yeah, that this. And then next time you see her, she's just like flipping him off with like the L on the forehead. You're like, what? What are you doing? You're an adult in a I know. in a work environment. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, other people that were considered for the role, if Cruise and stuff had not gone ahead, it was uh, Alec Baldwin. Ugh. No. Um, Johnny Depp. Uh, uh, he could have done it. Sean Penn. Uh, okay, yeah. John Travolta. I guess so. It would have been a different film. Bruce Willis. Well, he can act. <laughs> I don't know. He's very different. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and apparently Jamie Foxx auditioned and lost the role of... Um, to Cuba's. Yeah, yep. to Cuba for uh, Rod. As uh, Similar with uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, sorry, to Jennifer, <laughs> Lawrence. Jennifer Lopez for um, Dorothy as well. 
Jennifer Lopez? Yeah. Yeah, okay. She turned it down apparently at the behest of her agent. What? Didn't think she was right for it. Put her in Gigli instead. Oh, that was a couple of years later. This is like right before she did uh, Out of Sight, which she's oh, incredible in. Yeah. So. Oh, she missed a good one there. Yeah. But that's about all I've really got for mm. stuff. But I guess final thoughts. And because this is an interesting one. If you had seen this in 96, 97 when it came out, how do you think you would have... Uh, I think I would have liked it because I've always enjoyed sports films. Yeah. Particularly as a kid. Mm. I, I really like sports films as a kid. I mean, the the childish ones, but it's even... Um, I can't even think of one now. Um, Field of Dreams kind of level or... Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I've just always sort of liked those... Um, like the... I, I watch so much sport and yeah. I like the, the individual athletes' journeys and things like the Olympics and stuff. And I like team sports. Yeah. Uh, and I like Tom Cruise. Yeah. So it would have um, just hit those. Yeah. And mm. yeah, those sorts of movies, like I, they sort of, like I loved Forrest Gump and things like that. So those ones are real character films. Character films and kind of just, just feel good. Feel good, feel good character films at that age. Like I the, said at the, the beginning, of, it's one of those like middle of the road, like mid budget yeah. films aimed at adults. Yeah. Like that you don't really see these days. Yeah. So I think, and I really would have connected with the family theme and things like that as nice. well. Nice. All right. So, yeah, and no, I think I would have really enjoyed it. Yep, and as an adult, I'm assuming you were like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, like I like like I said, there were just some clunky moments, but generally, like, it was really quite touching and um, and very enjoyable. I could watch it again. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, I guess that'll probably wrap us up for our discussion on Jerry Maguire. Yeah, everybody, we gave you a good long session this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, so um, welcome back. Yeah, making up a lost time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously had a lot to talk about. Um, but yeah, that, that summarizes it pretty well, I think. Mm. Um, I guess it's time to pick what the next film's going to be. Yeah, let's, um, alrighty. So our next film will be Poltergeist. This is going to be a good one. Um, yeah. You, you love this film, don't you? I, I don't, you I don't like love it. it. I, I just have a soft spot because it was yeah, like. The right age for you. And yeah. And it's being a fan of horror films yeah. as well. It, it's just a nice it's super 80s and that kind of the good good era for horror films yeah yeah so I'm very excited to see what you think of this one me too all I can picture is the the poster or the cover of her in front of the TV with Rachel Caroline that's the one yep so uh, no I'm really I've been wanting to see this for a long time I was almost watched it a year or so ago and I chose not to because of this (laughs) podcast because of this podcast so yeah so um, I'm really looking forward to finally knocking that off. All right. And then that's going to kind of hit our Spielberg quota as well for the, the season. So. Yeah. And it'll be our, I guess we've already done a sci-fi um, with with The Abyss, but it'll mm. be... Um, yeah, it's our first real horror because yep. Big Trouble in Little China, despite being John Carpenter, is not a horror. That ain't no horror. <laughs> but um, yeah, so thanks for listening, everyone. I guess yeah. tune in uh, or stay subscribed and things. We'll try and get this uh, episodes out in longer than a month gap probably yeah, but we'll, um, we're, we're getting we're figuring it out it's gonna it's gonna work better yeah so uh, please stay subscribed um, we'd love to hear from you uh, you can send us an email at you haven't seen that pod at gmail.com or you can find me on twitter at criterion quest which is a shameless plug for my other podcast um, but you also post good stuff on your twitter page uh, it's, it's no like it's at criterion but I've just churned it into my own personal one at this yeah, point yeah so if you just so. like some movie facts and rants as well yeah just feel free to follow me I follow him well, I only I don't follow many people I am honoured and Chris <laughs> is my only follower yeah uh, so I do not use twitter um but no Mm, well, Re- thank you. Recommend yeah. anyway thank you Eric uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah otherwise I guess 
stay subscribed. Um, yeah, hit us up, and we'll be back with Poltergeist. We certainly will. So thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Eric. I'm Chris. We will catch you next time. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.